Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 87. John and Wendy talk to Mike Spinelli. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How's it going tonight, John? Wendy, I'm still recovering. Before we get started, I have to make <laughs> sure we, we tell everybody that this episode is being brought to you by our friends at CareerArc. And yep. we just got back uh, over the weekend from Embark. Yes. Oh my gosh. It was so much fun. I'm st- I, yeah, I'm still recovering. I don't, I don't know if it was the time change or what, but I have, uh, I've just been exhausted since getting back. I don't know about you, but I, I well, I had a, an extra night there to yeah, true. enjoy myself and, and like, un, like, I guess kind of decompress before I flew home. And of course for me, that was a literally an all day affair getting right. back to the other side of the country. So I feel pretty good. I have to say I was so energized after that conference for a first time event. We did a, YouTube, a Facebook live about it. Yep. We talked about it. I, I can't think of a better way to, to start a conference or to have something like that. Right. They just, they did just an amazing job. The speakers were great. Mm-hmm. We got to meet Paul Lieberstein, which was quite the coup. <laughs> uh, he was very nice. And that was, that was cool. I met met a lot of people, obviously met the career arc staff who I had not met, who I've been working yep. with for several years now. And that was fantastic. But met a lot of other practitioners, met a lot of recruiting folks that got me really excited about some of the stuff that's going on in talent acquisition these days and how they're using tech that I'd never even heard of. Right? Or that people use Ven- Venmo recruiting. Like, whoa, <laughs> this it, I may not apply it in my day-to-day, but I have a real appreciation for what's going on. And there, there were some really, really interesting conversations happening. Some of the creativity was, I, that, I know what session you're talking about, you know, the borderline is this, is this stalkerish to uh, find someone on Amazon and order them something on their wish list or, or that sort of thing. And it was, it, it was interesting because I, um, somebody had asked a little bit about putting that to scale. And I don't think they really addressed that because, you know, when you're someone like me and you have hundreds and hundreds of job openings and hundreds and hundreds of applicants, yeah, we're not going to be stalking anyone and um, sending them two cents on Venmo, which that is clever though. (laughs) Sending someone your two cents. Yeah. It was really interesting. Like I said, not being in that world much anymore. I certainly learned a lot there was also really interesting Big, you know, big component of Career Arc's offering are is the outplacement service. We've had Caroline Vernon on the show. You know, shameless plug. Yeah. This this coming Sunday is going to be our our monthly chat. Caroline's going to be taking yeah. part with us in that conversation about outplacement. And there were some really great sessions about being compassionate and how do you handle those situations as with as much grace as you can. And I think everyone in there can agree that it is something that sometimes we're not so good. And handling, and I think part of that comes from just not necessarily prepping. Right. And and are are we training people as well? And let's face it, it is an unfun thing. And when they had people stand up and say or raise their hand, how many separation conversations have you been in? And somebody raised their hand for over a hundred. Wow, that's it's tough. That is. It's just I think it'll be great to continue that conversation sure. Sunday for night sure. with with everybody, and certainly encourage everyone listening to take part there. Yep. But again, phenomenal time with you getting getting to walk the Hollywood stars <laughs> and go to the Chinese theater yeah. was cool. And the lady in the bubble walking on yeah. the pool was cool. The, and yeah. uh, it was, it was amazing top to bottom. Yeah. Career Arc did a fantastic job and I am, I'm really hoping that we can find time with Robin to get him on um, their CEO. He was very fantastic, very involved with the whole 
uh, conference, which I thought was just phenomenal. And not just as the guy who would stand up and say, hey, welcome to welcome to my show or whatever, but, you know, welcome to the, welcome right. to the event. Here's what we hope you'll happen and then walk away. He was in sessions. He was asking questions. He was a huge, huge participant. You know, I, I would encourage you all to go out and check out Robin D. Richards on Twitter. He is out there and connect with him. I think he would, I'm going to assume he will love, would love to be connected with a lot of folks out there and hope we can get him on the podcast soon. Well, we're looking forward to that. And Career Arc is going to be sharing a lot of the content that was developed at the event, which we'll certainly be sharing as well. And again, as a first timer to LA, I, I don't think I could have done it much better. That was I, good. Having some connections out there, I got to see friends not associated in HR, not associated with the conference. That was great. I saw a two and a half hour comedy show at the comedy store, which was literally a pilgrimage for me. I had to make <laughs> it was which. So again, the conference was great, but even the outside yeah. events and go and again, walking over the Chinese theater with you and seeing that the footprints awesome. and that stuff was, that was really fun that, too. That was so cool. enough embark yep. talk for our done it once again. <laughs> I'm really excited about tonight's guest. Yep. feels like we've known this gentleman for a while now and glad we could finally get him on the show. John, I'll let you make the introduction and we will get started. Yes. I'm excited to be chatting with Mike Spinelli. I uh, got to meet Mike a few years ago at National Sherm Conference, enjoyed some mimosas for brunch. And uh, now we get to talk with you and get a little bit deeper. Mike is an HR guy from Boston, an HR leader in, te in the tech industry. He is currently the director of people operations at AppNeta, a global software as a service that gives enterprise businesses end-to-end -end visibility into network performance from the end-user point of view. He serves as a state director for the Massachusetts State Council of SHRM and is adjunct faculty at Southern New Hampshire University. Mike earned his BS in business with a concentration in HR from SNU and his MBA from Babson. He lives in Boston area with his husband, Oscar, their French bulldog, Mia, and their cats, Claudio and Diego. Mike, welcome to the show tonight. Our first question, what is in your glass? Hi, guys. Uh, well, when you're from Boston, you have to have a, a craft beer in your glass. And I'm drinking a Trillium Big Bird Double IPA. It's absolutely one of my favorites. Mm, that sounds yummy. And you said it's Big Bird? <laughs> Big Bird. Big Bird. Is it yellow? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, do, do the, any, any allusions to Sesame Street there? <laughs> The beer itself is very yellow and cloudy. So, it, you know, you could say it kind of looks like Big Bird's nice. colors. Great. Yeah. That's great. Excellent. It. Mike, certainly know what you're doing now. And how exactly did you get your start in HR? You know, I think like most people that you guys talked to, uh, you know, didn't really plan on it. I started going to college right out of high school and was studying uh, French and Spanish. And I was going to be a teacher. I think you were going to be a teacher too, John, if I remember correctly hearing in the past. It, didn't quite work out my first semester. I just don't think I was really ready, uh, mature enough for what college really was. And, and so I went to work. And when I started going back to school at night, there were no foreign language majors in where I was living. So I switched to history uh, and thought I was going to be a history teacher. And then after one semester of that, I said, this is going to be the same thing pretty much every year for the rest of my life. And I don't think I want to do that. So I switched majors again to computer science. And when I got to my programming classes, I'm, I'm pretty sure I cried a few times during those classes. And, and so I said, let me just get a business degree and get this college thing out of the way. I got to my HR management class, which is actually the class I, I teach at Southern New Hampshire University. 
it just kind of struck me like here's a field where I can combine the things about me that really drove me to wanting to be a teacher and I can use it in a more progressive field that would be more dynamic and more lucrative as well. When I was going to school, I started working. Uh, I, w- I had been working in the college bookstore and I had got promoted to manage a store of my own at a small college. And so I really enjoyed the management piece. And I started teaching computer science classes, like, you know, basic things like how to use Windows, how to b- basic PCs, Microsoft Word, Excel. And I was working with folks who were either recent immigrants or or elderly uh, who really didn't have any computer skills. That was my first foray into in a workforce development. Then I got a job after I left the bookstore industry in a homeless women's organization, uh, developing employment training programs and doing uh, career coaching and resume critiques and interview preparation and job development. And I really, really enjoyed that side of of the business world, uh, employment, uh, and helping people get jobs that could help provide for their family. While I was doing that, I ended up moving back down to Boston. I was living in New Hampshire at the time and worked at another organization that did similar stuff. Uh, and then I just said, you know, it's time for me to go corporate and get into HR, which is what I was going to school for. I had finished my degree at that point. I got a job as a recruiter in an environmental company. And that was really my, my first step. Uh, into an HR career. I love how it took you several tries in college to figure out, you know, (laughs) because I think it's, it's good to hear those stories and help people understand that you don't have to decide and be right when you start college. It's okay to take a break and it's okay to say, this isn't right. I need to find something else. Mike, recently, as I was stalking your Twitter profile, <laughs> you shared an article about by your CEO on managing teams that are across the country and some that work in an office and some that work remote. So as we're seeing more and more people do HR across time zones where some people are in the office and some people aren't, what HR challenges have you come across and how can we help drive engagement with teams that are not in the same room? That's such a good question. And, and honestly, you know, I've, I've been in tech for a number of years now and everywhere I've worked, especially in the tech industry, you know, you're, you've got the right technology, you've got the right tools and equipment. It's so easy to work from home and to work from wherever you want to. And, you know, a lot of these companies have been smaller companies where you've got someone who's a really critical team member and then they want to follow their dreams and move to Denver or, or San Francisco or wherever it might be. It's an opportunity to retain a talented employee and at the same time, earn goodwill for supporting their their endeavor. And who knows, maybe they'll come back to the office someday. Maybe they never will. In today's day and age, it's it's a lot easier to have this type of, of workforce. And so at Netta, we have a, our headquarters is in Boston. We have our sort of our development team members, our software, our QA are in Vancouver and British Columbia, Canada. And then we have a handful of remote employees. And so, you know, key is being inclusive, I think, is is really first and foremost, is making sure that you don't forget about these people. When you have a new swag initiative in the office and everybody's getting T-shirts, that you mail T-shirts home to, to those folks who are, you know, are, are working from their homes. You need to have the right equipment and tools and technology, and, and you need to be willing to invest in solid communication tools like meeting software. We use Zoom at Upnetta and it's a, it's a great tool. 
Slack for instant messaging. And, you know, Slack's a great tool because you can instant message, you could do pulse surveys through it if you wanted to, you can easily call someone and do it either a phone call or a video call, you have options, you can share your screen. So you have to have those tools and you have to, you really have to invest in, in, in that for folks. And I think the other big thing you can do is make sure you're giving these folks FaceTime with the organizations. One of the things that we do at AppNeta, we have company meetings every month and we always talk about a sales win. And a lot of our sales engineers actually are, work remotely. And so giving them the opportunity to present that sales win and, you know, they've got to go on video and, and display themselves on camera. But that lets everybody in the company see them, hear their success, hear their win and make them feel a part of it. You know, so you just can't forget about them. You really need to make sure that you're you're always looking for ways to um, make sure your remote employees are tethered to the organization. Mike, you mentioned pursuing education originally. And yes, I, I did actually spend some time in the classroom before I jumped into this wonderful human resources world. So you, you are working with SHNU and talk a little about, no, I, I guess I know now having heard your story, kind of how you got into the teaching piece, but what do you enjoy about working with those students and what are you seeing from them? What surprises you when they're pursuing HR as a profession now? Has, has their motivators changed or what are you seeing with the student base that you have? Well, the, I guess the first thing that I, I feel is interesting about this is I feel like there are a lot more students who are deliberately pursuing the field of HR. And I primarily teach in the online program. And the online program at SNHU is, is amazing. It's just, it's such a great program that is, you know, a nonprofit university whose mission is to, to help people obtain their educational dreams you know, the online platform really provides a lot of flexibility and, and you get a real mix of students. So, you know, I'm not dealing with a classroom of 18, 19 year olds who just came out of high school. I'm dealing with a classroom of, you know, some folks who are like that and some folks who are grandparents who, you know, put their, their life streams on hold for their families and are, are going back to school. So I feel like, you know, the students that I'm working with they have different ideas about what HR really is. And what I love about the class that I teach is that I get to tell them what I think HR really is and, and, and bring in the modern perspective outside the textbook. You know, I talk about you guys actually in my, uh, in my class every, every week I, I share um, HR resources and those posts that I share is, is about podcasts and how much, you know, HR has adopted that as a tool for sharing information within our community. Uh, and I really encourage folks to get out on Twitter and, and participate in the the former next chats, I guess, you know, other chats like yours, you know, exactly. That's what I really like about about doing it is it was this very class that I took at SNHU and I, I went on campus. I did not go online. It was taught by the director of HR for Southern New Hampshire University. And it was just such an eye opening experience for me that, and really inspired me into the field. And so I try to give back that way. That's why. Well, you know, as soon as I got my master's, I was eligible to to teach, and and I, you know, one of the first things I did was go to SNHU and go through their application process to be to be an adjunct faculty member there, and that's why I do it. I just like giving back to the field, and and it's amazing how I think popular the field is becoming as people, you know, 
over the years. I mean, back when I was in school, HR wasn't even a major. It was a concentration. Uh, and you just had to take like three or four HR related classes. And that was your concentration. And now they have a full on major, they have a full on graduate, graduate school major. And so there's just a lot of interest in the field, which I think is great. Mike, you have been um, very active as a SHRM volunteer for quite some time and were a member of the blog squad for the first time this year. So, um, and like I said, mentioned earlier, you and I got to connect for the first time at uh, SHRM, I believe in DC is where we connected for the first time. Brunch with John Friend. Any other fun conference memories that you want to share? Well, I have a billion of them. Uh, how much time do we have on, on this show? SHRM has been just the number one driver for my personal and professional development over my entire HR career. Um, and it's why I, why I volunteer uh, is because I feel like I've gotten so much out of my, out of my membership with SHRM, out of my engagement with my local chapter, which is NERA, giving them a shout out, the Northeast HR Association in the Boston area. Being a part of these organizations over the years has done so much for me professionally, but also personally. And, you know, I listen to your show. So I, you know, I know how people talk about this and I, and I feel the same. It's, we've all been able to build so many strong, not just professional networking relationships, but real deep friendships out of the connections that we've made over the years. And I've been going to SHRM. I think my first SHRM was 2006 or seven, it was New Orleans. So whichever year that was. And um, I went by myself and I didn't know anybody and so many people and so overwhelming. And I left with every last bit of swag that I could find in the expo hall. Um, and now I don't collect any swag, by the way. Um, it's <laughs> after going for so many years that you learn that if I had to pick one moment, I guess I have two, if I could mention two. Um, you know, one is the first... Uh, Sherm tweet up that I went to, um, and that was in San Diego, and I think that might have been 20, 2010 um, when it was in San Diego last. And it was the second Sherm tweet up. The first I think was in New Orleans the year before, but I or uh, and I hadn't really been active on Twitter um, enough to have been connected to that community. But by San Diego, I was, and I went to that tweet up and. It was sold out, and I think it was like 150 people. You know, that's that's all that the tweet up could could accommodate. And you're meeting these folks who, you know, all the big names that you know today that you'd been following online and chatting with and sharing stories with and reading their blogs and to be there and to be like, oh, you know, Mike Smalley, I I know your name, and and to connect with people that you've just been engaging with online offline was really the the seeds of some amazing relationships that I have still today and people you know I'm on a, I, I'm well connected to a to a core group of people that you know kind of go back to those days and I call these folks my mentors I mean they're just you know anytime you have an HR problem or an, a non-HR problem or you just need a laugh or you just want to vent or whatever it might be, you have these people that, um, you know, are across the country that you just love. And it goes back to that tweet up back in San Diego. Um, and similarly in Chicago, and I think this was 2013, you know, I made one of my strongest friendships, Sherm friendships with, with Tiffany Keel, 
we ended up outside of a of a party that uh was in the the uh, west randolph uh area of chicago which was still in transition it was kind of all warehouses that had had turned into um you know lofts and 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 art galleries and that kind of stuff and we had got there to go to this party and we couldn't get in and we weren't allowed in it ended up being an exclusive like sherm blogger party or whatever and so we were like sitting there outside you know kind of like well what the heck i'm mike you're Tiffany, like, let's go get a beer. And, uh, you know, and we just made the night our own. Who knows if Tiffany and I would have connected that way had we both got into that party. Um, so everything happens for a reason. And I was miffed in the moment, but yeah, definitely walked away with, with a better prize uh, that, that evening. And if you're going to hang out with anybody, Tiffany's one that she's up for it. Yeah, we go way back to then, and uh, we had a lot of wonderful times together. When did we meet, John? Was it? I feel like it was an Ilsherm event, wasn't it? No, uh, it was Illinois DC. Charm. It was DC twenty six? Was it DC? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was the year John and I met. Yep. So the same yeah. year as Wendy then. Same year it as Wendy. All yeah. comes from yeah. there. That's when I met. Yes. When, that's when I met Wendy. That's right. So much magic that year. Oh my wow! <laughs> See? It's the seeds that get planted at the Charm Conference. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. <laughs> Well, we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back. This episode of the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast is being brought to you once again by our friends at CareerArc. You know, well beyond the social media recruiting space, CareerArc has a tremendous outplacement program and offering for organizations that are looking to make those reductions or any reason that an employee is leaving as positive as possible. Wendy and I are really excited that Caroline Vernon, a previous podcast guest, will be co-hosting our monthly Twitter chat on Sunday, October 27th, where we talk more about outplacement and how to do it in the best way possible. If you want to learn more about CareerArc's offerings in the outplacement world, check out CareerArc.com outplacement. Again, that's CareerArc.com outplacement. Thanks as always, CareerArc, for helping us out with the podcast. Now back to the show. And we are back. Mike, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the half-hour question connection. So our first question is, who was your first professional mentor, and what was the most important or impactful thing you learned from them? I don't know if I feel weird about this, but I feel like I don't have one single person that I would point to as a professional mentor. I don't know. I got started in, you know, I think about HR. I got started in HR as a recruiter. I had an HR manager and she was great to work with. And, you know, in some ways, you know, there was definitely mentorship there and she taught me a lot. And then she moved on after a year and a half and I ended up getting promoted into her job after some advocacy and some, you know, kind of appointing myself as the interim HR manager. And I only had a year and a half in the company and it was all in recruiting. I learned a lot from her and and it was a great opportunity to show what I was made of and, and get promoted. And since then, I really haven't, I haven't worked for folks who have been in HR. Um, I've been the head of HR. And so, you know, most of my mentors have been here and there picking up things from, you know, the COO or the CEO I worked with, or, um, you know, one, one moment that sticks out in my mind is when I first got promoted into management, someone who was a, an SVP and the sales area gave me a copy of The First 90 Days, which is a great book by Harvard Business Press that really helps you set a plan for your first 90 days in a new job. And 
Uh, it was a great gift and it's a gift that's kept on giving because I, I've read that book every time I've switched jobs or started, got promoted and started something new to remind myself of, you know, what I should do in those first 90 days to set myself up for success. That's probably one of the most meaningful moments. You know, no one individual sticks out. I feel like I, when I have a need for mentorship for something, someone to bounce ideas off of, someone to give me some coaching, I, I, you know, I find whoever kind of fits right in the moment. Mike, who's one person you've gained in your network in the last year that you think more people should know? I would have to say there's been a lot of people I've connected to in the last year and, you know, and being a part of the Sherm blog this year was kind of an interesting exercise because I've been going to Sherm for so long and, you know, there's really been kind of a changing of the guard in the Sherm blog. And so it's, you know, there's a lot of newer faces in there. And I, I would say one of the folks that I connected to this year in Las Vegas, and I had connected online with him before, and I had heard on your, you know, on your podcast as well, is Paul Lalonde. I really have enjoyed reading Paul's blog and following his tweets and hearing his story. I really enjoyed the episode, you know, Paul's episode on, on HR social hour. It, you know, he's just someone who has a lot of heart. I've really just enjoyed hearing his, his perspective on things. I think he brings a quiet confidence to, to what he says. And he, he just brings a, a perspective that you don't see a lot out there. So I really enjoyed reading, reading Paul's stuff and connecting with Paul. Well, totally agree with that for sure. So Mike, if you could go back to the start of your career, what's one piece of advice you'd give yourself based on what you know now? You know, I think obviously I could have gone back and told myself like, dude, major in HR and just get on with your life. And, um, but I feel like if I did that, I don't know if I would have ended up where I'm at today. You know, everything happens for a reason in life. And, you know, I, I, I still enjoy foreign languages, even though I didn't end up completing my degrees in them. And, in history too, and uh, in teaching too, you know, I guess it would be that. I think if I were to think of myself as an early HR professional and compared to where I am today, I'd say speak up more. Don't you know what, what's right in these situations and don't be afraid of who else is in the room. Let them hear what you have to say. That's why they're paying you to do what you do. As a person, I'm kind of a, a helper type person. I you know, I enjoy building good relationships. I don't always like to rock the boat. Develop that over the years in terms of being more confident and uh, and assertive uh, when you know there's power players in the room and making sure that they they're walking away with a good understanding of what my perspective is. Mike, we've talked a bit about teaching and and working with young practitioners and up and coming professionals, and a bit too in terms of your volunteering with Sherm, what's one way you really enjoy giving back to the HR community or maybe a particular memory you may have of a, of a volunteer, something you've done? I guess I'd rather talk about people who, who I've had the, the great fortune of working with over the years, you know, younger professionals who are trying to getting, get their start in the HR field. At my last company, MedTouch, I was really privileged to work with two young budding professionals who were just getting started in HR, but were so passionate about the field and what they do and, and being able to be a part of their journey and give them advice and ask them challenging questions um, so that they can kind of think more critically about how they want to approach a certain situation. And 
and that kind of stuff is, you know, I really enjoy the opportunity uh, to work with folks who love this field and want to make a difference, you know, because I think, you know, I guess what draws me to HR is I feel like HR is at the intersection of being able to make a difference for, for people and for a business. And you can see the results of your work impact positively the business. And also, you know, when you see that person you hired get promoted or take on a new challenge, it's, it's, it's so gratifying. And so when you get to work with people on your own team and you get to be a part of their career growth and their career development and, and their promotions, nothing feels better than that. What is your favorite movie? My favorite movie, um, which I should have known that Tiffany and I were going to be cosmically connected on this when we when we met in 2013, um, is The Godfather. And, uh, you know, I am Mike Spinelli. I'm Italian-American. It's kind of our religion that we have to like The Godfather. But, you know, really, I have watched it a million times. I have spent several days of my life watching the trilogy from, you know, from start to finish. It is just a wonderful masterpiece of a movie how about your favorite musician or band so that's harder i mean my musical tastes are are somewhat eclectic i like you know my favorite type of music is gonna be 90s hip-hop and rap and um and r&b i like dance music i like spanish music salsa bachata merengue dance hall from from jamaica i I love that's my core music that you'll find on my spotify if you followed me there um, but I would say if I had to pick one band, my favorite band of all time is the Fugees, Wyclef, Lauren, and Proz. How about a favorite TV show? So The Office, and I'm so jealous that you guys got to meet Toby Flunderson out at Embark. You guys suck for that. <laughs> I love that show. I am depressed that they're going to be taking it off Netflix in January. I have watched it from start to finish uh, a bazillion times. And, you know, I guess it's the HR guy and me, just, you know, the workplace, you know, there are real people like all of those folks that I work with every day. And, and so do you guys. And (laughs) I think that's just why it hits, hits home so much. Um, I'm really excited that um, they announced that uh, Jenna Fisher and Angela Martin are going to be doing a, a podcast. Not sure if you guys heard that, but they're going to be. Uh, I actually think they already launched it. They're basically going to be giving some behind the scenes, of, you know, for each episode. So I'm excited to download that. That show is Office Ladies. It is out. I listened to it. It came out last Thursday, I think. What did you think? Uh, I'm going to give it a few episodes. Okay. It's All tough. Right. You know, a pilot is hard. I mean, it's those ladies have great chemistry because they're friends. It'll be interesting to see how they kind of get, how they fit, how they get the groove going, because, you know, they're probably going to try different bits or talk about different things. There's a lot of great information. It's very entertaining. It seemed a little long for me, but that was maybe just me. Maybe I was just in a bad spot when I was listening. I'm not sure. I'm going to, like I said, I'll give it a few episodes just for them to get a a feel going because a pilot is hard, you know, a premiere episode, who knows if they've, how many they've recorded. Meeting, meeting Paul Lieberstein was really, really cool. And he definitely, I I think, probably the most surprising thing we got, Mike, was that he said that NBC used footage of him as Toby when they did HR presentations to the office. <laughs> so you want to talk about meta? That that was, that was just bizarre. 
That was absolutely that was the bizarre. Best thing I've ever heard. That is awesome. We collectively in that room laughed a lot. I think it was it was really very very some really enlightening stuff. Now, so if you're not watching The Godfather, if you're not listening to the Fugees, or not watching The Office come the end of the year on Netflix, what else do you like to do outside of work? Well, I do have all the DVDs of the of The Office, so I am all set. Uh, it just takes a little extra work. My favorite thing in the world to do is to travel. I love to travel. That is, you know, whether it's taking a ferry over to Cape Cod or driving up to the White Mountains of New Hampshire or heading over to Spain where my husband's from and spending the holidays there. Um, I just love to travel. I love to explore new cities. You know, like you, John, when I go somewhere, I like to try the local beer, the local specialty dish, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I, I have unlimited PTO at, at Upneta and, uh, and I'm very glad for that because it gives me the opportunity to, to spend some time away from home and seeing the world a little bit. I love seeing all of your social media shares of your travels, um, especially when you head overseas. It's fun to live vicariously through you. <laughs> God, I hope I'm not one of those people, but I mostly share them for me because when those those memories pop up, it's it's so great to relive those moments, you know, and like, you know, people are, you know, I check in into the restaurant because I want to remember the place and, and you know, and, and be able to find it again and remember the name and you know, in case I ever go back, right. I'll be able to search my Facebook for that. But, <laughs> um, you know, I, I love to share my pictures. There's always, uh, there's always, I probably share like one tenth of them. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. I, yeah, there's, there's a few people that I follow on Facebook that is just like, that's the exact same picture five times. You don't need to share every <laughs> yeah, single one. Yeah. It can be selective. If you printed them out, you could make a flip. Right. Book, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Mike, if you weren't in HR, since you tried many, many different professions well, when you started college, what do you think you'd be doing if you hadn't ended up in HR? Well, you know, being a teacher sounds like the obvious answer, and it probably is. I mean, I, I always thought I wanted to be a teacher my whole life as a kid. I, you know, I used, to, I used to play school with my sister, and I used my double-day children's atlas to teach geography and my sister hates me to this day for all of that by the way and blames her performance in in real school on on me you know another thing i always wanted to be was was a diplomat and i really love foreign cultures um you know foreign to the united states i love languages and and you know trying to pick up words here and there and i i speak spanish and some french and you know, I just always love that. And so, you know, the thought of, of being a, an ambassador to some cool country and being able to represent the United States that way would be uh, really, really cool. Mike, I think it's fair to say you're the first person to bring up ambassador, which is great. I think we really had some teachers, but I think ambassador <laughs> I, you know, is a first. I, yes. It was probably junior high school. I sent a letter to President Bush, um, the first President Bush. And told him I wanted to be an ambassador and asked him for, you know, how could that happen for me? And uh, he only responded with a picture of him and Barbara. Um, so I, was, I was let down. And that's when I became a Democrat. 
Everybody's story is different. That's all we can say. Uh, Mike, I have to tell you, it's it's been an absolute joy, you know, just spending some time together. For so, for someone that said they were nervous to do it, I don't, I didn't, I didn't get it. I don't see it. You did no. great, and really appreciate you being with us. I know there are probably some of the listeners out there that aren't connected with you now, but they've heard you want to get to know you better, connect. What's the best way for them to reach out there on social media? First, you know. Thank you guys so much for asking me to be a part of this. I mean, I, you know, I've never done anything like this before and I don't know why anyone would even want to listen to this podcast, let alone follow me. But if you really want to, you can find me on Twitter at Mike Spinelli and LinkedIn the same. Um, you know, those are probably the two best ways to connect with me. Um, if you're that interested, thank you guys so much. It's so great talking to you guys. Happy to have it. We'll have that yeah. in the show notes. Wendy, how about you? What's the best way for the listeners to find you out there? Best way is always on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. Daily is D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And of course, the fourth Sunday of each month, please join me on Twitter for the social hour Twitter chat, 7 p.m. Eastern time. How about you, John? I want to take a moment to once again thank Career Arc for sponsoring you, this, Arc. this month and this episode. Again, this coming Sunday, if you were listening to this prior to the 27th, that will be our monthly chat. We'll be with Career Arc. So join us then. As for me, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Top left-hand side of the screen, three little lines. Open them up. You'll see access to all my social accounts there. And while you're there, if there's an episode you haven't listened to, listen, download, rate, review, share. Anything you can do to help boost the signal, we always appreciate. Mike, again, appreciate you being with us. And so for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect give back, and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon.